Hello, hello, my fellow podcast people. I hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Thursday evening or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azarin the Language Nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube, but also secondarily on medium.com where I do some weekly blog posts every single Sunday and occasionally whenever I feel like posting on Musical.ly and Tumblr. My username on all these platforms is exactly the same. It is at polyglotazarin. That is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T-A-Z or Z, depending on your country, R-E-N. And welcome to another podcast episode. I'm very, very excited, as per usual, to be recording this one here. Man, there are so, so, so many things that I want to share with you guys today. It is, yeah, let's just jump right in. There's a lot of things I want to talk about. First and foremost, the past couple of days have just been a lot of fun. I've been really busy, probably busier than normal, I would say. Uh, I've probably been working, depending on the day, anywhere between, you know, call it 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Some days 10 p.m. to 9 or 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Um, some days even longer, like 10 p.m. to midnight. Like they've been really, really ram-packed days. And the reason is that this week, I am running the afternoon portion of a summer camp. Most of the people in the summer camp are teenagers from China, or rather more specifically, roughly half of them are teenagers from China. The rest are teenagers who are, um, I guess you could say Chinese, but maybe born and raised in Canada. But long story short, because of the fact that they're all Chinese, there's a lot of Mandarin that's being spoken. And even though, you know, it is, you know, a camp that is being taught in English. Like I'm teaching them in English. We're doing, we're doing a lot of video production, video editing, things like that. And it is done in English, but there's still a lot of Mandarin conversation that happens just because a lot of like, essentially everyone or almost everyone speaks Mandarin very fluently or at a pretty high kind of level. <laughs> so it's a lot of fun for me to be surrounded and, and be kind of immersed temporarily in this kind of like Mandarin, um, Mandarin type of environment, which is just great for me. It's a lot of fun. I'm learning a lot of words. And also what's kind of interesting is this is, I guess you could say not the first time, but the first time in a little while that I've been spending a lot of time with a larger, a larger group of teenagers. And it's fun for me. It's interesting to, I guess you could say it's an interesting kind of anthropological experiment or an anthropological experience. It's fun to observe their behavior and to see how teenagers act, or to get a little bit of a data point as to how teenagers act in today's day and age, and to see how is it similar to when I was a teenager? How is it different? Like, what are the technological things they're doing? I'm, all, I'm asking so many questions about the types of games and the types of things that are popular right now in their schools, and it's just fascinating. And um, it's, uh, yeah, it's just really interesting, I think. One of the things that I'm really fascinated by, which I think you guys probably have noticed about me or something I've even talked about a couple times, is I am really interested in, um, I'm very interested in human behavior, which is actually why I like, one of the major reasons why I like learning languages, because it allows me to communicate with people in different countries, different regions, different parts of the world, and um, as a result, I get to learn a lot more about human beings, about other people. And so it's one of the major reasons why I like learning languages. So this summer camp has been so much fun for me because first of all, I'm able to learn and actually get a bit of, a bit 
of a deeper insight into the minds of teenagers, right? And teenagers in my, and actually more specifically, teenagers in my city who all have a Chinese kind of background. <laughs> but I also get to learn more about Mandarin. I also get to work with video stuff, which I think is a lot of fun. Like I do, I love video work. I love working with cameras. It's fun to edit. Like all that stuff is really enjoyable for me. And so that has kept me extra busy this week. So that's an extra kind of thing on my plate on top of my normal teaching, on top of my normal marketing ta my marketing tasks, sales tasks, administrative tasks, like all my content stuff, right? Um, and so it is an extra bit of work. But what is interesting for me, and I think, you know, maybe some of you have already sniffed this out a little bit. Um, I really like my work. I really do. And I actually, generally speaking, will be energized by my work. Now, there are some exceptions to that. Like I would say, for example, if I have a big day of administrative work or like very boring kind of work behind a laptop, that actually drains me because I don't necessarily enjoy it. But let's say, you know, 80% of my work or whatever, 90%, 75%, a good percentage of my work is a lot of fun for me. And it energizes me. It makes me happy to do it. There are actually many, 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 many days. There's probably nothing else that I would really prefer to be doing to be perfectly open with you guys like what I am doing for work is what I would would like to be doing with my time which I feel really blessed and really I don't know if blessed is the word because I'm not sure if I'm necessarily the most religious person in the world but um, I do like I, I do feel very grateful and very lucky that I'm able to do that because I, I really understand that's a privilege um, I do understand that it's uh, you know it's not something that everyone in the world necessarily has the opportunity to be able to do like a lot of people have adverse scenarios or uh you know different challenges that maybe make it a little bit more difficult to have that like literally one of the most interesting things that i think about sometimes is almost like a world ranking chart of who has the best life and who has it worst and i don't mean best and worst in terms of like um i guess you could say mental health I mean, best and worst in terms of just quality of life, because I honestly think um, it's actually interesting. And this is a weird direction. I did not originally plan on going in this direction. And wow, we're already six minutes into the podcast. So this looks like this will be a longer one by the time we get to the language learning stuff. Um, <laughs> but I am I am very interested to see. I am very interested by the fact that a lot of people or some people, let's say even a good chunk of people, a good percentage of people who live in comparatively to the rest of the world, excellent scenarios. Like they live in a safe country, they can open their tap and they get clean water, right? Or they have grocery stores filled with food. They have, you know, not much pollution. It's, they have their family, no, no, there's no wars going on. Like, you know, the, things are good, generally speaking, in comparison to other places in the world. And yet, a lot of people or some people, I don't want to say a lot of people because I don't really know what the math is. I'm not sure what the percentage is, but based on my life experience so far, I find that there is a percentage of people, a significant percentage of people who think they have it considerably worse than they actually do on an objective level. Like if there is a world ranking list of this is the person who's got the, who's got the worst deal in life. Like they're stuck in a cage somewhere, a slave to someone, they're missing a leg, they've got some weird disease that has them in constant pain. Like that person who's like in, in, in like last place in the world, 
right? I think if we were to like literally, if there was a public, I think it'd be very interesting if there's a public list, every single person in the world, and you could see where you landed on the list. I think it'd be very humbling, actually. So I say that just because I realize that my scenario of being able to work in a field I like, to be able to, you know, to be able to have the privilege to do so, to have the, have the opportunity to do so, is not something everybody has. Um, and to have a family that's supportive, I think actually one of the most one of the things that really is fascinating to me is you know how much our parenting and how much the, our family and our inner circle has an impact on how we choose to live our life. Um, I think that's really fascinating. Like, um, it's it's just so interesting, right? The people I've been talking this even recently, I'm thinking of some conversations I've had where the parents of a child or a parents even of like teenagers or even young adults like you know it influences them so much because of how you know their parents think that they the parents have a strong opinion of what the child should be doing and they're maybe not supportive or they're maybe there's a million factors maybe they're verbally abusive or maybe they're you know they are whatever it is they're they don't build their self-esteem like i think parenting and your overall family and friend environment has a big impact as well and i've been really lucky to have had a mom who um, really built a lot of self-esteem in me and she does not pressure me or she does kind of allow me to do whatever the heck I want as long as it's... I mean, she might share her perspective on what I'm doing, but basically she kind of lets me do whatever I want, no pressure, and um, will support it as well. She agrees, like she will support it as well. And it's it's cool to have that, someone who's built the self-esteem and who's supportive and who's really super duper smart, right? And who, you know, and I've been surrounded by good influences and I'm in Canada. Like, it's just a lot of good stuff that has been given to me, you know, in a sense that I didn't necessarily create. I kind of landed into it and I just feel really grateful. Um, the last thing I'll say before we get to the language learning topic is I would implore anyone listening to this. If you have not jumped into a career yet and you're still kind of looking at maybe you're a student, maybe you're between careers, maybe who knows, please make sure you please be very mindful not like please and just from this is coming from a 25 year old I might be wrong on this this is my perspective today um, but my perspective today is I think it does not make sense um, I think it does not make sense to you know if at all possible to go into a line of work that you don't necessarily really like like if you're very neutral towards it or even worse if you don't like it please try and like try to find something that you like um, I think that's a really good idea. Don't, and, and again, this is my perspective. I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm not an expert in this, but just my perspective, my life experience. Don't go into a job just because of money. I don't think that's a good idea. Um, like I was thinking about this. I work a lot and like I probably, if I worked, if I worked literally, there is a phone call I can make. This is a, this is nuts. This is crazy. There's a phone call I can make now uh yes right now i could make a phone call right now that would basically guarantee me a very good job that pays me way more probably way more than what i earn now with my current line of work and i would probably really like it i'd probably work about as much as i work now so quite a bit but i don't make that phone call because i don't i i'd be less happy in that job than i am now even though the money's would be considerably more um, and this door has been open to me for a little while now um, and this it's especially open right now I uh, can't go into many details but it is 
I don't make the call because I think I'd be less happy working that environment, even though I'd make more money. Um, and so I just don't believe in, I don't believe in taking a job purely for money. I actually think that you can live a much more basic life and like cut a lot of your costs um, to be able to, I guess you could say, not necessarily need to be tied to earning and be have it, tied to earning a certain amount of money. Um, and you can live on less. I think that's very possible. But anyway, and now I'm just going on talking about topics that I don't necessarily have crazy expertise in, just my perspective based on my experience in life so far. But anyway, let's get into our language learning topic. Wow, that was a long time on non-language stuff. But I want to talk about some interesting things that happened today um, when I was at the summer camp. Now, the summer camp, like I said before, a lot of Chinese people, right, or Mandarin-speaking people, many of which were learning English still. And I've noticed something quite interesting. As we've been going through this camp, as I've been working with them, there's been a lot of new words that we've been encountering in English. And I've been teaching a lot of these kids, a lot of these teenagers, new words, and they've been able to learn a lot. But here's the thing. The thing is that even though they learn the words, they don't or they struggle to apply them. It's almost kind it's kind of like if you open the cupboard and you open the cupboard and you went to get some kind of food out of the cupboard but then like when you reach for it you're like wait what food was I looking for and you forget over every time you open the cupboard until someone tells you hey you're looking for uh, chips you're like oh yeah chips that's what I wanted and you grab the chips it's almost like that so they think about it and they think about their vocabulary in English and they go which word is it that I'm looking for again and then someone goes, remember, narrator. Oh, yeah, narrator, right, that's the word. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it happens seven times, eight times. And it's interesting to see that. It's interesting to see that they definitely know the words sometimes, the new words they've learned, but they cannot access them in the time of need. And I think that this is something that many people face. This is the challenge that many language learners face. The challenge of not being able to find the word that you're looking for when you need it. And you can remember it when you don't need it, but when you need it, you're like, what the heck? I can't remember it. <laughs> and I think this happens for a variety of reasons. I think one of which, one of these reasons is a lack of proactiveness. So one of the things that I do when I'm learning languages is anytime I'm going into a scenario where I know I'll be able to practice or apply my language skills, I will think about one or two things that I've learned recently. And I will make a specific effort, a specific goal to use those one or two things that I've learned recently in a real life scenario. So I'll give you an example that happened today and yesterday. Um, I learned in Mandarin that a narrator is Pang Bai. Okay, Pang Bai. And I learned it. I learned it because uh, they told me at the summer camp. Some of the Chinese kids told me because I asked them. I didn't know the word. And I was like, oh, cool. So when I went yesterday and today... I had a specific goal of using the word pangbai at least three times or two, a couple of times at least throughout the afternoon. Why? Because I wanted to kind of lock that in and, 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 and have practice using that word. But I want it in my control. I want it to be in my control. I don't want it to be one of the mistakes that people make is that they learn a new word. And the next time they try and use it, that's not in a classroom or a controlled setting is when someone else says something and you now need to use the new word to be able to respond to what the someone else said rather than you picking the new words and being deliberate to say I'm going to use these words today and I'm going to control the scenario where they're used. Does that make sense? There's a difference there, right? It's kind of like level one. Can you learn a word in a classroom 
or like a textbook setting. Just learn the theory. Just learn it. So you're like, okay, new word, check. I know it. Step two, can you then use it in a new scenario, in a real life scenario, where you specifically plan to use it in that way? Step three, right? Can you then use it in an uncontrolled scenario, in a, in a scenario where, and let me rephrase, step three, can you use that word in an unplanned scenario? Someone says something, you were not expecting it, and it'd be nice, it'd be great for you to be able to use that new word that you've learned. Almost like three different levels of being able to learn and apply a word in, in real life situations, right? So I, I've been at kind of level two with some of these words, right? Of being able to use them in a way where I choose, I chose, I'm going to use these words today. I'm going to like find a way to use it. I'm going to create a conversation. I'm going to do something to be able to use those words, right? Or even like uh, another one, even grammar. It's not even just vocabulary. You can do the grammar too. Like um, in uh, in Mandarin, there is uh, an expression that's like joma, joma, blah, 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 plus an adjective often, right? Or adjective, is that the right term? Anyway, there's a specific grammar point that's like that. And I've learned it in the classroom many times, but I've never really used it in a real life setting. I've learned it many times. I've seen it many times in textbooks, online videos, Instagram, I see it. I've seen it a lot, but I've never had the opportunity opportunity to use it. And the other day I had, it was uh, yesterday or two days ago, two days ago, I remember I was like, oh, the people in the, in the house, they just changed into their costumes for this video, this play that we're doing. That's gonna be a great way for me to use this Juma expression. I'm gonna use it in this way. I'm gonna walk in the house and I'm gonna use it. And I walked in and I like nailed the one expression. I felt so proud of myself. Everyone's like, oh, you said that so good in Chinese. Nice job. You said it so well. Wow. Oh my goodness. <laughs> right? And um, it's just a great way to do it, right? It's a good intermediary step to, for that word to become more automatic. The other thing I'll say, and this is a different type of advice, but it does apply as well for this, for helping words become more automatic, is to speak some, I guess you could say a combination of your mother tongue and the language you're learning. So for example, if you're learning um, Mandarin and English, right, maybe you speak some Chinglish. So today, at the end of today, one thing we're doing just to goof off, but I was like, oh, this is actually a good hack. We're just goofing off, right? And I was like, hey, uh, hey, I'll see you in like, mintian meaning tomorrow. So I was like, I'll see you tomorrow, but I'd say tomorrow in Mandarin. It's like, hey, I'll see you mintian. And so all of a sudden, you know, it's just, we're just having fun with it. But if there's a new word or a new grammar point or something, right, you could mix that into your mother tongue in a way where you're speaking 80% of your mother tongue and just using the one word or one expression, one little part in the language you're learning. And that's going to help you, for some reason, that's going to help you internalize that new thing that you're trying to learn. So I'll give you another example. Um, I was uh, recently, I've been trying to learn a grammar point in Mandarin again, because I've been really focused on Mandarin, where it's like, um, it's using an expression that's called 除了blah,blah,blah,blah,blah,you know,除了,blah,blah,blah,以外,hi, right? There's like, basically that's how it works. What it translates to in English is, apart from doing this, so-and-so is also doing this. So apart from drinking milk, so-and-so is also eating pie, for example, right? So what I did is I, I had this like Anki flashcard actually that says, uh, I think it's something like, I see the picture in my brain of what it's in the flashcard. I think it's like, let me think what that I have. What is it again? I'm in English mode, so manner is difficult. I think it's like, 除了喝milk以外, my sister, Rasika, um, my sister, Rasika, um, 
high. Oh no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Back up, back up, back up, back up. Wrong, 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 wrong. That's not what it was. I remember now. It's the it's a chicken dude. I have two pictures. It's a chicken dude. There's a dude eating chicken and a burger at the same time. And I was like, <laughs> and it made it look really goofy. And I was like, oh wow, this guy chula chicken e why? Hi, what was it? Hi eat um hi eat um like eat is in English. Hi eat. Uh, uh, hamburger. It's just like a stupid sentence. Like it's like a mixture of like English and Mandarin. But the key Mandarin thing that I was trying to learn is in that sentence. So I'm able to like kind of internalize it more in my brain. Um, something I'd recommend for you guys as well. So anyway, I should probably head out here. I have some other um, other stuff that I have to get done here today. So and this has been going for 20 minutes anyway. So um, let's wrap this up. And um, yeah, we will chat uh, later. Bye for now.